0: This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. What is going on, guys? This is Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. So this time around, we're doing episode 111, diving into prospect Cassius Winston. Now, we're going to talk on him as the third prospect of this little... uh, I don't know, mini-series we're doing here. You know, kind of reviewing the late-round prospects and the second-round picks that uh, the Knicks should take a look at. You know, late first, um, early second, or late first and just overall second-round draft picks. So Cassius Winston is the guy we're going to talk on tonight. Now, he's a point guard, and he has declared for the draft after four seasons at Michigan State. All right, so before we even get to Cassius Winston point guard and draft two things we do have to talk about because you know as usual um the Knicks have been in the headlines lately and you know a lot of the things has been kind of resurfaced more than anything and 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 we've talked about this on the show before um what I'm about to say is that Chris Paul you know in the Knicks Um, You know, the Knicks have had interest in Chris Paul for a little bit now. We've heard about this whole possible scenario where they could trade for him and take on his contract to be that veteran leader, um, you know, at the point guard position, which is a Knicks, is a position the Knicks lack. Um, You know, we've heard about these rumors, the Knicks being interested in somebody like Chris Paul, but yes, they've kind of resurfaced over the last couple of days Just reminding Knicks fans that the Knicks are indeed still interested and they still might try to swing a deal here for one Chris Paul. Um, Personally, you know, I'm going to take a side here. Unlike last night where I was kind of, I'm kind of still 50-50, still kind of going over this whole Scott Perry scenario, you know, still don't really have a legitimate side. Um, As for this Chris Paul thing, guys, uh, you know, you can say I'm I'm against it more, way, way more than I am for it. Now that said, if the Knicks were to go out and sign Chris Paul, I probably talk myself into you know some kind of um, reason before I you know try and um, just be rationally angry. But I, it's definitely something I, I really wish the Knicks wouldn't do, and it's not like I. I Listen. I get it. He's a leader. He's a veteran leader. We've heard this so many times with the Yankees, right? Brett Gardner is his veteran leader. This guy CC Sabathia is his veteran leader. Don't care about his underachieving, you know, decline. Just throw him out there cuz he's a veteran. You know, he'll be a good leader in the locker room. I get it. You know, that's why a lot of Knicks fans want Chris Paul. A good mentor. Veteran leader. Hell, maybe he'll help him raise the game of some of the young Knicks, you know, maybe he'll Teach Frank Nielkina to be more aggressive Maybe he will increase RJ Barrett's efficiency, which is absolutely fucking dreadful Maybe he will expand Mitch Robinson's game to where he doesn't have to get the majority of his shots one inch from the rim right, but uh, so maybe it could help but in my personal opinion guys and I don't want to get too much into this again because we've talked about this so many times on the show. I don't want to just keep beating a dead uh, a dead horse, if that is the term. Um, but I just think there are more pro uh, more cons than pros here, and I think those cons also outweigh the pros. Um, I just feel like it's a stopgap kind of move, right? I don't feel like it's a move the Knicks should be making right now. I feel like getting for going for trading for. A 35-year-old, injury-prone Chris Paul, who's still very effective when he's on the court, I think that's more a move you do if you're one or two pieces away, right? I think that's something you do if you're trying to get that 8 seed and you're right on the brink of making the playoffs. That's when you would strike a deal for for somebody like Chris Paul. I wouldn't do that in the Knicks position, when you're, when you're far from playoff contention. Trading Chris Paul is not going to really improve this Knicks team in the win category. Sure, they may go from 21 wins to 28, 29, maybe 30 wins tops, but it's not going to turn them into a contender overnight. You're just going to end up you know, getting rid of, of depth and, and just bringing on Chris Paul. So if anything, you're just going to lose a, a bunch of, you know, players and maybe even be the same in the win t- in the win category. So I don't think it's going to improve their win-loss. I think the only benefit here is that whole veteran leadership thing. If that's what we're talking about, being the, the one positive here, I'm sorry I wouldn't do it. Not worth it with his age, with his injury risk, you know, has no knees at this point in his career. He's owed over $40 million next season as the last year of his deal. I wouldn't do it. Now, you could also say that Trading for somebody like CP3 could get rid of Randall's contract. Now, I would be for that, okay? I would love to do that. That would be a scenario where I would, again, talk myself into reason here. I would understand it. If the Knicks did something like that and they pulled off a trade where Randall was fucking sent to OKC or wherever and Chris Paul came here we just got rid of Randall's contract, that's one of those scenarios that I would accept it. But, I don't see that as realistic. I think at this point the Knicks should just continue to, to build through the draft and, and stick with the youth movement. Don't take shortcuts. Stop trying to you know sign all these stop gaps. We've learned from the past, hopefully. And I think the Knicks at this point, you know, only way you go and get stars is if it's somebody like Bradley Beal, right? <laughs> And if it's somebody that's not going to gut your entire roster or somebody who's going to take up the majority of your cap space, I think they have to be smart here. But yes, I would do a trade for a superstar player if they would actually bring wins to the table and not gut the roster. Um, But I don't think Chris Paul is going to do that. I think he's going to do both, Um, you know, cost a lot of a lot of money and, you know, prospects and assets as well as, um, you know, (laughs) Hit, hit, hit the Knicks pretty hard financially and again I just I just don't see it making sense here so I don't want to dive too much into Chris Paul Um the other piece of news tonight that we are going to touch on really quick just going to say it out there that the NBA I think it was tonight and when I say tonight I'm talking May 1st um, at 11 50 p.m. Um, the, uh, you know, a couple hours ago I think the NBA announced that they are not They are delaying. They are delaying the. um, Excuse me. They're delaying the NBA draft lottery indefinitely. So that sucks, right? As Knicks fans, we look forward to the fucking. We look forward to the NBA draft lottery like it's our playoffs, right? That's what. That's what. That's Knicks fans playoffs. The NBA draft lottery. Where are we going to be in this lottery? And it's it's postponed now. We have to wait. So. That could mean that the NBA season is on its way back, potentially, maybe, um, without fans. But it could mean it's on its way back, and maybe we'll get a little bit more Knicks basketball all right, before before playoffs begin. But as for the draft, which is what we are going to talk about tonight, that is going to likely be delayed since the draft lottery is delayed as well. So, I wouldn't expect June 25th to be the day we get the draft, um, which was supposed to be the date this this upcoming summer. Um, I, I just again, I think it's just a waiting game from here on out. See what happens with the NBA season, the NBA playoffs and then we'll take it from there. But yes guys, let's dive into um, Cassius Winston tonight, who's coming out of Michigan State as a Spartan. Um, shout out to my cousin Matt Matt Michigan State. They're trash, um, but yes, we're going to talk about Cassius Winston tonight, guys, but really quick, we're going to take a break, and um, and we'll get right back to it, and talk about Winston as soon as we get back. All right. Hey, guys. Really quick, I just want to remind you. You can go to my website, ny RC dot wordpress.com slash connect and that will display all of my information where to follow me on social media how to subscribe to the blog and how to subscribe to my podcast on the many different outlets we have so once again guys just go to my website n y sports talk rc dot wordpress dot com slash connect let's get back to the show Winston is a 6-1, 185 185-pound point guard, pretty small, very small, but he is 22 years old, played four seasons at Michigan State University. Um, across those four seasons, throughout 139 games, started in 108, played 29 minutes per night. Across those games, he averaged 14 points, three rebounds, and six assists. On a very efficient 46%, 43%, and 85% at the free throw line. Um, Very solid numbers across the board. And this past season in particular, in 2020 at MSU, across 33, uh, I'm sorry, across 30 games, started in every one of them, for 33 minutes a night, Winston averaged 19 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists on 45-43 85. So a very efficient shooter. Um, that's what he is. I would classify him as a playmaking shooter, a guy who can shoot the ball, but make the right passes as well. Um, excellent shooter. Some would call Cassius Winston the best shooter in this class. Um, maybe that's a stretch. I'm not sure. I'm not the biggest college basketball fan. Remember, I don't watch a ton of it, but you know, I took my time, I've been taking my time during this quarantine to watch a bunch of film, read up on a bunch of scouting reports, and, and just do my research on, on all these different draft prospects. And from what I'm hearing, from what I'm seeing, from what I'm reading about, listening to, it seems like Hashis Winston can shoot the fucking basketball. Um, he can shoot it off the dribble. Um, he can hit the open looks at, you know, adequately at the very least. Um, he'll, he'll knock it down if you leave the guy open the slightest. Um, And he just does everything well when it comes to shooting the ball. 97th percentile in terms of spot up shooting in the 93rd percentile in terms of jumpers overall, uh, 90th percentile off the dribble, 90th percentile off the screens this past season at MSU. I think in his sophomore season, Winston shot 49% from three point distance and it was on a pretty high volume of threes as well. I don't remember the exact number. But I think, uh, don't quote me on this, I think he hit about three point something, three point makes per game. So at a 49% clip, when you can average that over a course of a full season, you know, at a volume like that, that's pretty impressive. Um, It's something to take seriously, at least in my opinion. So he's got phenomenal efficiency, um, again, on a high volume. three-point shooting, 43% over the course of his college career on 602 total attempts from downtown. Uh, He's just a great, shooter, very efficient, and again, that would benefit the Knicks tremendously, guys. Um, possibly going to lose Damian Dotson. <clears throat> possibly losing a shooter in, in uh, Alonzo Trier. Wayne Ellington didn't look like he worked out. He might be here next year, he might not. The Knicks need shooting, bottom line. Peyton ain't giving you shit from, sh- from three-point distance. Neither is DSJ. Frank, eh, he's not a shooter yet. If he is going to be, it- it's not happened yet. Um, so you need backcourt shooting. Winston is going to give the Knicks just that off the dribble, um, you know, off the screen, off the curl, just a good all-around jump shooter, this kid. But yes, he can playmake. He's a good, solid playmaker, a skilled playmaker, I'd say, who's got a feel for the game, right? He gets everybody involved, doesn't really ignore anyone, gets everybody their open looks if they're if they're on the perimeter, or if they're, you know, in the mid-range, any level, a three-level passer who, <clears throat> who knows how to run an offense, guys, and that's what the Knicks need. They need somebody who can run an offense professionally, right? Somebody who's Uh, effective in pick and roll. And that's Cassius Winston. Very good pick and roll player. Very good passer in pick and roll. Will kick it out to the perimeter shooters. Not afraid to hit the the screener in a pick and pop scenario, you know, to keep the D on their toes. Um, Just good, solid court vision. A smart decision maker. Unselfish. Plays within his own, his own comfort level. You know, just always been praised for being a great teammate makes everybody smile a good teammate people love this kid Um, he's a Michigan State you know icon over there so hey anything to bring chemistry to this Knicks team on and off the court would be huge as well so good shooter good passer does have a bit of a floater um, to add as well that would probably be his um second you know his go-to move in the mid-range area would probably be that floater but yes, he's a good, skilled player. He's also tough, gritty, you know, a grinder, will gut it out, will play through an injury if he needs to. I mentioned he played all four seasons, full seasons, each, of, each and every season at Michigan State, so he's a tough player. Um, now, he's not fucking the most um, athletic. You know, for a guy who's 6'1", 185, you'd expect him to have speed and, and be a little bit explosive, but he's kind of unathletic. He's, he's kind of unathletic. Um, He'll struggle defending other point guards at the NBA level because of his unathleticism, right? He's going to struggle guarding at the rim and he'll struggle getting to the rim as an offensive ball handler as well, right? So not a good finisher yet. Um, Don't think he'll be a great finisher in the NBA because of his lack of size and athleticism. And he, at least he's smart about it, though. He doesn't go to the rim often. So, if this kid was to be in the NBA, he, again, would just strictly be a probably a backup, a reserve point guard, nothing more than a reserve, or a, on a Knicks team, he'll probably be a regular backup, to be honest with you, and, and just come in for shooting, you know, come in to, to make some plays here and there, too. Um, and again, they need that. That's how desperate they are. They need anything at the very least, Um So he's a little undersized, yes, a little unathletic, you know, a small frame for the NBA, lack of strength on top of that lack of athletic ability does cause for some concern there. You know, what kind of player will he be? What will his role be? But I don't know, man, I would take the chance on him, right? Other than that, I don't think there's too many downsides here. I have that he's also not great in the open court. Okay, he's not the greatest on-ball defender. We talked about that. Really, he's not the most athletic, so that's going to affect him on the defensive side of the floor. Um, Size will, too, again. A bit turnover prone at times. Average 3.7 turnovers per 40 minutes in college. You know, sometimes I'll try to force the action a little bit here and there, but I don't know. I'd still take a look at this guy. If he is available, why the hell not? If you're the Knicks, um Scott Perry, Leon Rose, whoever it is that has the biggest influence in this draft, take a look at Cassius Winston, please. I think he'd be a good option. You know, all in all, it's a kid who relies on smarts, skills, and intangibles to get by. You know, a two dimensional player, maybe, but very good at those two dimensions. Very good shooter, very solid passer. So Reserve point guard who could play as a regular backup, maybe as his ceiling, you know, if he were to, to be drafted by the Knicks here. And if the Knicks are still looking for their starting point guard of the future, I'm not saying that this is it. This is a guy they would have to take, again, late first round, um, maybe sometime in the second round, you know. He would probably have to play in a small ball lineup if he were to take the floor with the Knicks. So... Hey, he's an option. That's all I'm saying. He's definitely an option. Cassius Winston, somebody I'd take a look at, I'd consider. If he's on the board, sure. Not my number one priority. Maybe not my number two, but definitely my top three at worst. Um, Cassius Winston, guys, I think he's somebody who the Knicks should take a look at. We've said that about 15 times. (laughs) Okay. I think that's it, guys. I I really think that's it. I don't want to go too long tonight. We're about 20 minutes in. Um, As you are listening to this, it is May 2nd. Um, hopefully, uh, you're listening to this on May 2nd, Saturday morning when it was just released. Um, so thank you for that guys. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening in, uh, to BD4 or watching the, uh, the video format of BD4 on YouTube. Um, uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube or you can subscribe to BD4 on all the audio platforms, right? Just find all those platforms on my website, go to NY RC wordpress.com slash connect and you can subscribe to bd4 on the many different platforms we have. Guys, thanks so much. I think I'm gonna end this podcast because I'm getting tired. And um yeah, I, I think that's pretty much all we have to say tonight. I think that's it guys. Thank you so much for stopping by. This has been Rob Carbone with episode one eleven. We are one hundred eleven episodes in to fucking BD four amazing. We're getting up there. <laughs> Guys, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate each and every one of you. So, uh, yes, Rob Carbone, BD4, no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Episode 111, Knicks late first and second round draft scouting. Hashes Winston was our prospect tonight. Guys, thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. All right, ciao.